Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. On a mission to bring the benefits of sport to kids everywhere, they go beyond technology to provide leaders with professional development and relationship building, and to work with sports-based organizations to address issues of accessibility and equality. To learn more, find them at League Apps com or as league apps on all of the social networks now here's the host of the show longtime soccer broadcaster and voice of united soccer coaches dean linky may is skin cancer awareness month and with more than five million cases diagnosed in the united states each year skin cancer is america's most common cancer and skin cancer awareness month is a time for us to speak up about the dangers of skin cancer share the facts and help save lives. We will hear those kind of stories from some of the leaders of the association, as well as another top coach. Patricia Hughes was named the new college programs officer for United Soccer Coaches back on March 3rd, 2021. Since arriving, she has been an amazing advocate for so many important issues. Patricia Hughes has had skin cancer. She is on to lead this discussion. Dr. Jay Martin, one of the true legends of the game, the all-time winningest coach in NCAA men's soccer. He started at Ohio Wesleyan in 1977, getting ready to start his 45th season for 21 years. He's been the editor of Soccer Journal. He has had more than 20 tumors removed as he deals with skin cancer. No one perhaps better equipped to talk about the safety of protecting your skin in the sun. And then adding to that, Rob King, who's the new head coach of Oglethorpe, the head women's soccer coach. He also joins us as someone who has had skin cancer and has a great message to tell. That's how we'll start the show. And then when we end, we'll meet another fantastic member of our 30 under 30 class, Alani Fernandez. And it starts after this message. From our presenting sponsor, League Apps. We bet you didn't get into this business for the back office duties. That's why we created League Apps, the industry's leading youth sports management platform. So you can spend less time with busy work and more time doing what you love. League Apps provides organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. Once again, here's the host of the show, Dean Linky. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. I am Dean Linky and... May is a lot of things, but May is also Skin Cancer Awareness Month, and we are dedicating this show to Skin Cancer Awareness Month. And not only that, but we're gonna push it forward. I'll get more into that in a moment, but let me just give you a little bit of data. With more than 5 million cases diagnosed in the United States each year, skin cancer is America's most common cancer. Fortunately, skin cancer is also one of the most preventable cancers by sharing facts about the dangers of unprotected sun exposure and encouraging people to check their skin for warning signs. We can and will save lives, but we can't do this work alone. Skin Cancer Awareness Month is a time for us to speak up about the dangers of skin cancer, share the facts, and help save lives. 
There are so many ways to do that, and we're going to get into that with three amazing guests, and all three have experienced some form of skin cancer, and all three are recognizable names. That includes Patricia Hughes, who was announced back on March 3rd, 2021, as the new college programs officer. That includes Dr. Jay Martin, who will enter his 45th season at Ohio Westland, and he is, by the way, the winningest coach in NCAA men's soccer history. He's also the 21-year top man for United Soccer Coaches Soccer Journal, which is awesome. And Rob King, who joined Oglethorpe's athletic staff as head women's soccer coach in January 2022. Trish, Dr. Martin, and Rob King, thanks for being on today's United Soccer Coaches podcast. Good day. Thanks yep. for having Love us. Good evening. So, Trish, you've done an amazing job pushing forward a ton of initiatives. All three of you, as I mentioned, have dealt with skin cancer. But let's start with the push, Trish. You brought it to the attention of United Soccer Coaches. Tell us where we are on that. And then we'll get into your story. Then we'll go to Dr. Martin and we'll go to Mr. King as well. Thanks, Dean. You know, I'm, we're always looking for opportunities to push our educational efforts and, and supporting our coaches not just on the field, but certainly off the field with professional development. But we talk a lot lately about coaches' health and well-being, and there's obviously a great focus on mental health and the emotional stress of being a, a head coach. But one of the key areas that oftentimes gets overlooked and that we don't talk enough about is skin health and the occupational hazard that goes hand-in-hand hand with being the head coach of an outdoor sport where we are exposed to sun several hours a day on a daily basis. This is somewhat of a pet project for me. And based on my own personal experience, and I think by virtue of the fact that I'm Irish and was gifted with the most terrible skin genes anyone could ever have in terms of sun exposure, with the knowledge that Skin Cancer Awareness Month is in May, and in conversations with my own dermatology team, I really wanted to, to push this initiative forward and find ways in which we can raise awareness, create a partnership with a, an organization that does this, both in terms of research and creating products that help prevent. It's one of the most preventable forms of cancer, as you know. Our marketing team and our leadership team committed to, to making this happen. And here we are today, once again, finding time to clog the airways on you, Dean, because we always love to get in and spend time with you on this podcast. So. Yeah, it's far from a clog, though. This is so important. And before we go to Dr. Jay Martin, can you walk us through everything you've experienced as it relates to skin cancer? And I know sometimes it can be a little bit graphic and personal, but I think the more we can share, the more we can help. Yeah, sure. So I had been, you know, I came to the U.S. back uh, in 89. You know, that was at a time when people probably weren't really talking about sunscreen and the importance of skincare, probably due to an awful lot of sun exposure over the course of 20 years. Noticed some spots that had come up, never really understood what they were or even what the, the role of a dermatologist was. I had gone to have a spot checked on my face, which ended up to be basal cell, which is one of the original smaller, lower level incidences. I had another procedure, a squamous cell that popped up on my nose. I had a Mohs procedure, which is a kind of a minor surgery. Again, heightened awareness of, of skin damage that had already been done. And, and the problem with this, it's not, it's, it's not the here and now, it's the, the previous skin damage that had been done, particularly in, in, in my role as a head coach in all the years of sun exposure. But I had had a, a spot on my, my left thigh that had been biopsied during my time in Alabama on two different occasions over the course of three years. Both times that biopsy had come back as negative. I had been told to keep an eye on it. But the third time that it came back quite significantly bigger, I had actually, by the grace of God, moved up to uh, work at the University of New Haven. 
our son, we were uh, in the midst of um, our pregnancy. I just happened to be at Yale University Medical Center and had, had um, gone, to, I'd been advised to maybe just get it checked again. I'd seen a dermatologist and within a 48 hour window was contacted by the Smilo Cancer Center at Yale telling me that I had melanoma and that I needed to have immediate surgery to ensure that we got me to a safe place with safe margins. And at the time, it was a very humbling, terrifying experience, particularly when you walk into a cancer center of any hospital where people are gravely ill. The diagnosis, for all intents and purposes, probably saved my life, although I don't know that I realized it at the time. I was very fortunate to have been treated by an individual by the name of Dr. Stephen Arian, who, as it turns out, is the leading skin cancer expert in the U.S. I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. I can share that I am past my five-year mark of, um, which was kind of the the threshold of knowing that you're you're you've kind of gone into a safe space with that particular surgery. My margins were good, and but I I see a, a dermatologist twice a year. I get full um, skin checks, head to toe. I get very in-depth eye exams, dental exams. All the exams that you can think of go to a different space now because of the risk of having had a melanoma exposure. And when I look back now at coaching pictures of myself over the years, I cringe because there are so many of them where I am literally burnt to a crisp um, because I just got so caught up in the game or just forgot to put on sunscreen. And my life now is very much a, a tale of I go outside and the first hour I apply and then the second hour I reapply. So that's kind of my story. I was one of the lucky ones and I continue to have, you know, multiple biopsies a year and just try to stay ahead of the game. My goal with this, this initiative is to have coaches of all ages, ones who have had prior sun damage and those who are now entering this particular career to pay close attention because we're all at great risk and probably not really tuned into that. Thanks for sharing your story, Trish. And as we move to Dr. Jay Martin, as I mentioned, he's been at Ohio Westland since 1977. When he's done, he probably will have over 800 wins. And when you look at the number of tumors you've had removed related to the number of wins as well, it's a big number as I think it's more than 20, Dr. Martin. And you even said when your generation was young, there was no sunscreen, only accelerants, which didn't help the situation. But with 17 to 20 small tumors removed over the years, you have a a big story to tell here, and we're going to give you the opportunity to tell it. Thank you very much. A lot of my story is very similar to that of Trish. I, too, Trish, am Irish. Three of my four grandparents came from Ireland. And Dean, you're right. When my generation was growing up, there was no such thing as sunscreen. I can still remember in my mind's eye the Coppertone commercial with the dog pulling a bathing suit off the little kid on the beach and showing the contrast of a tan, obviously, with no tan. And even some of my friends in high school would use some kind of oil, baby oil or something I thought was nuts. But what happened with us is in June, you'd get your sunburn for the summer, and that would kind of carry you through, and nobody nobody ever thought otherwise. And I think the other thing, and maybe Trish and Rob would, would agree or disagree, but I think... Another thing that is a problem with skin cancer, if you look at the research and the statistics, the number is one out of every five Americans approximately that get skin cancer. So what happens with young young coaches, I think, because it happened to me, is the thought that I will never be the one, I'm going to be one of the four, and I'm not going to get skin cancer. And I, Unfortunately, I think it's normal. But same as Trish, before 2005, I had a number of basal cell carcinomas removed. 
either via the nitrogen squirt or someone that was so deep that had to be cut out and so on and so forth. Nothing of grave concern until 2005 when I got a squamous cell carcinoma on my cheek. I, like Trish, had surgery and they kept the Mohn's technique, Trish, the same one you mentioned, where they cut away the area and they test the edges to make sure that they got all the cancer. And if they haven't, they come back and they cut a little more. Thank God my my uh, dermatologist was also a plastic surgeon and you can't even tell. I have a small little scar, but, but nothing too great. So I continued getting every six months going to the dermatologist and getting getting small, mostly basal cell cancer cells removed until 2012 when I found this lump on my right lower gastroc no pain associated with it, not a real high level of deformity because at the time I didn't realize the cancer was growing into my gastroc and into my soleus. And when I got to the uh, dermatologist, they took a two inch by two inch by two inch piece of my gastroc and soleus out and uh, it was all cancerous and uh, it has affected me. I mean, I I can no longer jog. I have very little use of my lower right leg. I can't control my right foot. I no more slam dunks in the basketball court. I can tell you that right now. Um, and like Trish, I actually Trish go back every three months. They're still they're still checking this checking this out. And in that interim, from 2012 to today, I continue to get small pieces of um, cancer cells re removed, and it's changed everything. I mean, un unfortunately, even in the in the dog days of preseason in September, and it, as you know, Dean, it gets hot here in Ohio. No shorts. I haven't worn shorts in a long time. No short sleeve shirts, long sleeve shirts and a big floppy. I look like an idiot, a big floppy hat to keep my Irish face and freckles uh, safe. And I slather myself with sunscreen. And when I do my camps and when we do our Preseason, well, the the entire season. I have, in fact, for camp, I have one of my players will go around to, to with a bit, with a big jug of sunscreen and go around to each player and make sure that the players in camp put sunscreen on. And I do the same thing with my with my players. If they're not allowed to go out on the field, regardless of their coloration, until they have sunscreen on. And one of my assistant coaches checks that every single day. That may sound extreme, but we do it in an educational way. And I share with them my, my story. I mean, I still have a hole, hole in my gastroc that's quite, quite large. And it's been a problem. It's changed everything about the way I exercise, the way I coach, the way I do everything. And that, all I can say is in retrospect, obviously I wish I had taken more seriously, the damaging effects of sun. Um, but I always thought I was gonna be one of the four and not the one. Although as I'm getting older, it seems like I'm always the one in those statistics. So that's just, that's just how it is. As I said, you know, I wish that was the case. My two sons get into sunscreen. I mean, without any problem at all. One son's a USL coach, championship league coach, and the other's a, uh, is in Panama City, Panama. So he's got to have a lot of sunscreen on him at all times. So it's something that I learned too, quite frankly, too late in life. 
We're here as May is Skin Cancer Awareness Month. We have a star-studded crew with people that have experienced skin cancer and are continuing to deal with it. Trish Hughes, we just heard from Dr. Jay Martin in a moment. We're going to go to Rob King. But one more follow-up for you, Dr. Jay Martin. And, and by the way, all three of you look amazing, which I think is a, an attribute to how you carry yourselves. And But, you know, Dr. Martin, knowing that it's affected your right leg where you can't even run or jog on it, and yet you still you know, you look fantastic, but I think that's worth repeating because you can't do some of the things you love to do because of skin cancer. Yes. First of all, Dean, you're a liar. If you think I look good, but I really appreciate that. I don't hear that very often. Trust me. Yes, Dean. I mean, I uh, was and still am just different, uh, a fitness freak for 45 or 50 years. I ran every day and played basketball, played soccer, it just was always very, very active. And now it's, um, I mean, I can't run. And some days it's very hard. It, it's, it's funny, the, the, uh, my foot some days is usable and some days is not usable. And that really causes some mobility problems for me. And there's not one damn thing I can do about it. I should have done something 40, 40 years ago. So I hope the people who are listening understand that they someday may be that one out of five and they've got to take care of it so that that doesn't happen. Well, thanks for adding on. And we're so pleased to have Rob King. As I mentioned earlier, he joined Oglethorpe's athletic staff as the head women's soccer coach in January of this year, a multi-time conference champion at the NCAA division one level and national champion and national coach of the year at the division two level. King brings with him a coaching record filled with success as he comes most recently from young Harris college. I love the background you have in coaching, but you're here to share your story as well, Rob King. So tell us uh, your experience with skin cancer. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, Dean. And uh, just on that earlier thing, that the better the lighting, the better I look. That's that's what I've been told. So as long as I'm controlling the lighting, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, but yeah, very, very similar story. Um, going back about 15 years now, I was just drying off after a shower and uh, just drying my leg and Looked down in the center of my shin, I just saw a, a tiny little dark, almost like a dark freckle, quite flush, uh, or, or a mole, quite flush and, and small. I'd say probably about the, the eighth, about an eighth of my pinky size, so not very big at all. Um, and, and being me, I actually thought I might have dropped a, a tiny little bit of Cadbury's chocolate right there, and it had melted in. That's what it looked like. So gave it a rub wet my finger, gave it another rub, nothing moved. So went downstairs and, and saw my wife. I said, hey, look, take a look at this. And she said, uh, yeah, that's, well, let's, get, let's get that thing checked out there. So set up an appointment with a dermatologist and, and went in. And as I said, it was very small. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't very concerned about it. Um, you know, I'm originally from, from England and from Scotland. And I think growing up there, you're, you're back when I was growing up too, you're, you're pretty much encouraged to get out in the sun. You know, we don't get a lot of sun, so you're, you're encouraged to get out and sunbathe and, and get some good color on your skin and things. And that was, that was sort of deemed as the healthy thing to do as, as I was growing up. So anyway, dermatologist looked at it, uh, did a biopsy, said, you know, results be back in about 10 days or so. Uh, so I just left there again thinking, okay, probably, probably not too much with this. 10 days or so went by and I, I got a call and they said, they're not quite sure about it. Let's, let's do a little bit more investigation here. So, you know, another week or so came by 
And I remember it, you know, vividly because I, I had a little one at the time and, and I was sitting at home with, with him in the morning before he, he went to daycare and phone rang. I just let the answer machine pick it up because uh, I was sitting with him. I think we were watching Monsters Inc. or something like that at the time. So I, I heard the, the message and it was my dermatologist and he called and he said, um, need to get in touch with you, you know, right away. Um, you know, the biopsies came back. Um, it, it appears you have a melanoma um, on, in your left shin. And then the, the words that stick with me right after that, he said, this isn't necessarily a death sentence. And I was 40 years old, 41 years old. Um, so needless to say that, that got my attention at that point, called back immediately. He'd already hung up, called back immediately, spoke with him, and they got me into, um, into an oncologist right away. And within, mm, within a week or so, I had a melanoma surgery in the, in the center, of my, you know, center of my left chin. Took very large margins. Um, I, I asked the, the doctor, and he spoke about, the, there were various options they could do. And I said to him, well, if, if this was you, you know, what would you be doing to your, to your leg? Because I, I want what you would do. And he said, well, we do this. We take large margins. We go into your lymph nodes, closest lymph nodes. We look to see if that cancer had spread anywhere else and we'd remove lymph nodes and, and go from there. So, so that's what I did. They took a fair-sized chunk out of the, the middle of my, my left shin. Uh, I would say initially larger larger than a golf ball for a tiny tiny little area that healed over time and you know it became more flush again and really since that time i've like both jay and trish i, I go back six monthly i go back for you know head to toe uh, checks through the last several years uh, like jay they've biopsied several areas on me no melanoma i've had a few uh, different uh, basal cells removed from my face from my nose and I'm just, you know, vigilant now um, and, and have been since that time. So taking the precautionary measures that, you know, that we'd already sort of touched on. I think for all coaches, young coaches in particular, I think it's really important to, to actually go and see a dermatologist and get a baseline. Go see a dermatologist, get checked out and then go as, as part of your maybe your annual exams, your annual sort of preventative stuff. Include that with the other things that you get done. Go see a dermatologist once a year. And that way, if anything comes up, anything that's precancerous, anything that doesn't look quite right, they can biopsy or they can use some liquid nitrogen and sort of remove that precancerous stuff and just make sure that you're, you know, that you're looking after yourself there. And obviously all the, the cover up and, 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 you know, sunscreen, et cetera, et cetera, looking for shade. When I'm coaching, I'm, I'm quite well covered. As Jay said, even in when it's hot here, we're, we're primarily coaching I'm in the south and, and do camps and, and our main season is, is that August through November time period. So a lot of sun and it's hot, but I'm often in a, a very, very lightweight, long sleeve, white sort of dry fit type material. And it's actually cooler than having short sleeves and having the sun baking on your arm. So I cover myself up and as best I can, I, I look after myself. And when I don't need to be in the sun, if I'm, if I'm recruiting or I'm scouting, I'm usually under my umbrella, a little bit cooler, keep the sun away. Those sorts of things are all helpful in being able to function in the sport, uh, but not put ourselves at unnecessary risk. And I think that's key. 
Well, thanks for telling your story. Sometimes the best way to create awareness is for real people to tell their stories and share. And we've got three of the best and Trish Hughes, Dr. Jay Martin and Rob King reminding you that it's Skin Cancer Awareness Month. You can learn more about skin cancer by going to skincancer.org. That's where you'll find hashtag share the facts. You'll find the hashtag skin check challenge. And you can also spread the word about the big C. Skin cancer is the cancer you can C in all caps, yet it often goes undetected in the early stages. That's why skincancer.org launched the Big C campaign to empower you to get to know your skin, check yourself in the mirror, and keep these three simple words in mind. New, changing, or unusual, it could save your life. We're gonna take a break. Be back with more Dr. J. Martin, Trish Hughes, and Rob King. Skin Cancer Awareness Month on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. Performance analysis is now recognized as having a crucial role to play in any coaching program. The United Soccer Coaches Performance Analysis Level 1 Special Topics Diploma will provide coaches with real-world examples of how analysis is being used to enhance the individual player development process and maximize team performance. Additionally, successful candidates will achieve Level 1 accreditation as an Applied Performance Analyst from the International Society of Performance Analysis of Sport. Register now by visiting the Master Course Schedule on unitedsoccercoaches.org. United Soccer Coaches would like to thank all 2022 convention attendees, exhibitors, presenters, and volunteers for reuniting in Kansas City. You can relive all of the special moments from the awards banquet and All-America ceremony reception by watching the recordings now available on unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. Remember to save the date for the 2023 convention in Philadelphia, January 11th through 15, 2023. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Lee Gaps. It's Skin Cancer Awareness Month and thanks to the good work of Trish Hughes and then also, Dr. Jay Martin and Rob King, we have three people that have experienced skin cancer several times, in fact. And, you know, one of the things that I noticed, Trish, is you said in some of the dialogue early on as we were getting ready for this show, you said when you look back at picks coaching and you saw your burnt face, you cringe. Sunscreen and the importance for me was understated. You already talked about being Irish, which is obvious, but wear sunscreen, get skin checks annually. Dr. Jay Martin, you talk about lathering up as well. I'll let all three of you kind of dive in a little more. One of the things all three of you did really well is as you told your stories, you said all the things you do to prevent, but, you know, repetition is a key to learning. So Trish, we'll, you know, we'll start with you about some of the things that, you know, you're telling your kids now and the kids that you used to coach and everything you're doing. And, and then Dr. Jay, as you said, you know, lather up before going on. And I felt like Rob, you also added that sentiment. So we'll go with Trish and then Dr. J and then Rob. I have wandered my way back into the, the youth soccer uh, environment and I find myself out at the field and I do one of two things. I'm, I'm peddling sunscreen both on my players, but then also they, they each have to ask me at every practice or every game, coach, are you wearing sunscreen? Because I don't want to be a statistic. I really don't. And, and when I made the decision to step away from the field back in 2011, in, in full disclosure, one of the reasons I did that was I was afraid that continued prolonged sun, sun exposure was going to be to my own detriment long term. 
Um, there were many other reasons, but skincare and my own health and well-being. And I will also share that my sister's best friends in Ireland, uh, Brenda, she, uh, she died of melanoma uh, from something that was on her back. And um, it was so preventable and so unnecessary. And when you know something that's passed away from it, it, it catches your breath. If you've had melanoma, you know, you, um, you know it could be you and you're grateful that you had the, the opportunity to fix it and try now to take the necessary steps. When I go to the dermatologist, I, I splurge on high-level sunscreen, particularly um, for my face and stuff, to make sure that I'm taking the necessary steps. It's just not something we need to cheat ourselves on and try to uh, take shortcuts on. It's very preventable, and I, I'm annoying because anybody I'm around, I remind them to wear sunscreen at all times. So. And I do have to say, Dean, I want to apologize. That is not one of my colleagues choking on screen. That is my old lab who somehow managed to sneak into my, my office and is coughing up a lung. So apologies for the background noise. She, too, is raising awareness on uh, clearing your throat while I'm talking about <laughs> saving your skin. <laughs> All right. Well, Dr. J. Martin, you know, you have lather up in quotes. In fact, almost double quotes. Uh, I feel like that's for real. I mean, and you talked about how you're wearing the, you know, the ridiculous hat and there's nothing ridiculous about having 20 tumors removed. So you're going to, I'm going to give you the floor again to really educate all of us. Maybe I'm extreme, but I, because of what happened, I'm really anal about making sure the kids in camp and my players lather up as you said and we we have a we check on it we don't allow them to just come out on the field and say yeah jay i took care of it we don't we don't do that we have had two young men who have had severe melanoma issues unfortunately one of them passed away from westchester county new york and one survived a very very rough chemo and all these other things he, from Cincinnati. Well, actually he was from Columbus. Now he lives in Cincinnati. What I did is the young man who passed away, we named, he was a tremendous player, two-time All-America, high school coach in Colchester, Vermont. We named the Defensive Player of the Year Award after him. And so every year at our, our award ceremony, which was last week, we always do it at the end of, this, of the year. Each award is named after one of our former players. So I tell my team the story of Billy Kolash and the story of melanoma, how he didn't catch it in time and he passed away. So terrible story, terrible situation, but I use Billy, he was an educator and I still use him as an educator to pass the word on to, to, our, to our current players. As for me, believe it or not, Robin Trish, I don't go scouting players anymore. That's how anal I've become about this. I send my assistants out on the, out on the field, and they, they bring they they're they're good. So they they find good players and they bring them back to me, and I I close the deal. But I don't want to be, out, in the sun. You you guys remember those days? I, for three, four, five, six different hours, three days in a row. I just can't do that any longer and so I don't and and then and the skin cancer is my number one reason for not for not doing that I mean I guess I guess being 73 is part of it but the skin cancer is a little a, a little stronger motivation to, to yep. so I don't put my son the, the irony of my story is my family and I have had a place in Grand Cayman since 1983 so now when we and we go every holiday 
So now when I go to Grand Cayman, I, I still have hats, long sleeve shirts. I sit in the shade. I look at the ocean. I'm going, what the hell am I doing? But, but, but that's, you know, that's what we have to do. So it's, it's just too bad. As I said in, in, in preface, I wish I had known this earlier. I think like all of us. Same sort of thing in, you know, in, in my program and around the programs that I've had. And, you know, just looking at my children at the time, my, my son was very little. My daughter was around uh, seven or eight at the time. It impacted them a great deal. And, and my daughter in particular, you know, was very, very scared, you know, during, during that time period and, and is still very sensitive to being out in the sun, making sure that, you know, her family are, you know, are protected. They, they're sunscreen and they're covered up and things. But we do our very best to make sure that those that we're, that we're mentoring, other coaches, you know, those that we have in our charge, our players, if they can learn from, you know, from us, uh, from the experiences that we've had, uh, so much better than having to go through something like that themselves. So uh, I know... Um, anybody that's gone through that is uh, is particularly sensitive to you know to the sun, to damage to your skin, and uh, makes every effort to to educate those they're around. And I think with anything, you you've just got to put thought into how you prepare for something that means a lot to you. So if you're you know if you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to eat well, it's it's all in the preparation, right? You've got to get the right foods in, and you've got to plan and meal prep, and all those sorts of things make it easier. It's the same sort of thing in coaching. It doesn't mean that you can't do what you love doing, um, but you need to you need to be sensitive to the sun. Um, and you need to prepare properly when you're going out so that your skin isn't exposed hour after hour to direct sunlight. Um, even going outside, I mean, I, I do a lot of stuff. Like I said, if I'm if I'm scouting or I'm, I'm recruiting and I'm at tournaments all day. I do my very best to look and see is is there a shaded area? Are there trees you know I could I can watch from, or can I just you know sit under an umbrella there and and, and keep the direct sun off me? You're obviously still going to pick up you know sunlight. There are some good sort of general moisturizers okay that that, that come with factor 15 or, or better in them. Just your daily sort of moisturizer for your you know for your face for your neck, uh, and then in addition to that, if you're obviously going to be out. Um, you can then put on, you know, heavier factor stuff. Um, as I share, I, I stay pretty covered up. And when I'm not covered up with, with light, loose-fitting clothing, then, you know, then, I, then I've got the sunscreen on. I think we can, we can push our administrators to make sure that we have covered bench areas, you know, for our, for our teams. Um, I don't sit out in the open. I don't sit out in the elements. Um, I make sure that anywhere I am and where I am right now needs a little bit of help. So they're going to get prodded in the right direction here over the next couple of months. But we'll have a, a tented area over our bench so that we're not just sitting in, in that sun. Those are all sorts of things that you, you, know, you become more cognizant of um, as you experience this. And I, and I think if we can, like I said, if we can use our experiences to help that next generation um, maybe be a little bit more preventive than we were, then, then I think we're making real good inroads. We pay so much attention as coaches on safety and liability of our coaching environment. We sandbag the goals. We make sure players have the right safe equipment on to help them perform and train and practice. And we create an environment that's safe. And this is one of the most areas of greatest negligence, I think, 
it's inherently on us as individuals, but certainly working with our institutions to create an environment that is safe and, and raising awareness of your needs. We joke about it's an occupational hazard, but where does that responsibility lie and how can we work to work collaboratively with our administrative teams on our campus? Um, you know, we have an obligation, I feel, as coaches want to protect ourselves, to in creating a safe environment for our student athletes and for our staff is to make this part of our mantra and part of our objectives on our day-to-day when we're planning and ensuring we're doing all the right things and taking steps because it's it's kind of a silent killer, right? We talk about cancer being a silent killer. And when we don't take these, these key steps that are so key in prevention, I think communicating, understanding and, and educating yourselves and raising awareness for those around us is what's also important. So when I came to the association from day one, I have made it very clear this was a kind of a pet project for me, a labor of love, and one that it's not just saving jobs or helping people excel in their occupation. This is all about saving lives. And that sounds quite serious and dramatic, but ultimately that's what we're talking about here. For me, had I not had the wherewithal to follow up and go through with a third biopsy on a spot that had come back negative twice to go from nothing to melanoma was shocking to me. And while I had already had multiple biopsies and excisions on other sites, I mean, I go twice a year. And if I come out of there and they haven't taken a biopsy, I feel cheated because I know something's lurking in the wings on my skin. And when they take these biopsies and do their due diligence in my treatment and my care plan, I know I'm doing what I need to, to one, stay safe and healthy and to stay alive for my own family. So that's it for me. And it's how best can we pass this message along as an association? We're working on partnerships right now with uh, different skin protection partnerships that can help with various products. And, and this is become a, it will become a part of our consistent and ongoing dialogue year round for us as an association. Two things that I'd like to finish up with. The first is, I think both Rob and Trish mentioned it, I think it's really important that coaches are role models. I have my assistant coaches. I don't let them, I mean, they can wear shorts as long as they put motion on, but I don't allow them to wear short sleeves. At all times, I have to have a hat. And I explain why to the the players. And at first, you know, I've done this now for 10 years, maybe, or nine years. And at first there was moderate resistance, you know, from these guys. But when they hear my story, and all frankly, all I have to do is show them my calf, my right calf, I tell them the importance of being a role model. I mean, we're, we're, we're role models, whether we like it or not, in all, all kinds of things. I mean, I keep my weight down and my fitness up. How can I stand in front of players, 18, 19, 20 year olds, and, and talk about fitness and nutrition and so on, if I look like Santa Claus, I, I just, you just can't do that. And it's the same with the skin cancer stuff. We try to be role models. And I think if there was one thing that I would like our listeners, especially our younger listeners to take away from my comments, in my initial comments, I talked about the statistic one in five Americans will get skin cancer by the time they're 70 years old. And I talk to my two sons about this all the time. As I mentioned, we all think we're going to be the four and not the one. Four out of five is a pretty good percentage. But the fact of the matter is you've got to prevent yourself from becoming the one. And I think that's really, really important. And I think they have to understand that up front. 
Just one final thing, and just to sort of go over it one more time for for both our you know our student athletes and our coaches, add that into your your yearly um, your yearly physical or whatever you're doing. See a dermatologist, get a baseline, and and let them let an expert uh, in the field monitor you, and then you can enjoy the sport we love uh, without putting yourself at unnecessary risk. Google skin cancer. That's all. You'll find everything you need to know and, and probably too much information. But I think it's, it's taken it back home to where you live. I wish somebody had told me about seeing a dermatologist. I was fortunate, if I'm being honest, that I got a basal cell that popped up in my early 30s, which really put me on a path to understanding and raising awareness for me. And um, it was kind of a baptism by far, but not to the extent uh, where Rob went straight from zero to 90 but I'm a serial freckle observer when I'm around friends and I'm constantly looking at not only my own skin, but my, my son and any of my friends. I'm annoying. Have you had that checked? You need to get that checked. Um, because that's what we do. We, we help each other and we raise awareness in the most organic way. Um, but this, this is an easy one for me, Dean. It's so preventable. And it's for, for the older folks, it's the previous damage that we've done. For the younger folks, it's preventative care on the front end and making sure they, they take these necessary steps. Dean, it's our intent as editor of Soccer Journal to have an article or two dedicated to skin cancer in the September-October issue for sure. I'm going to try and also connect with Dr. Stephen Arian at Yale, who I um, credit with pretty much saving my life. Had, he, had I not gone back, I'm adamant that I'm going to find somebody who's going to come in and be part of an interview for that article. And it's also going to go in my main newsletter. It's going to go out to membership as we roll into the summertime as well. And then ultimately, we're trying to grow a partnership with either Blue Lizard or LMD is another high-level dermatological skincare product. But Blue Lizard is one that you know you can find in the stores, and it's it's in Walmart and Target and all them. And we're working with their director of branding uh, and Toby to see can we kick something off. Trish, I also want to let you know that anytime your doctor wants to come on, because it's bigger than May, skin cancer is going to be around every day, every month, uh, every minute, every second. So they are always welcome back as well. And then let me end by just saying, Trish, as somebody that has come into United Soccer Coaches, your leadership on so many important issues, including one like this, is phenomenal. So thanks for pushing it forward. And thanks for bringing Rob here. And of course, Dr. Jay Martin, your leadership is unparalleled, not with just Soccer Journal, but everything you've given to the game, including your message today about skin cancer. I thank all three of you. This is an important topic, a heady topic, and one that we need to educate, particularly as we get younger. It's the young people that need to know just as much as anybody, I think. And I felt like you all did a great job making sure that young people know to protect their skin. Great show, Skin Cancer Awareness Month. I want to say our goodbyes right now. Rob King, good luck in your new job. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Dr. Jay Martin, congratulations on all your success, and thanks for sharing your stories about skin cancer and how you prevent it going forward. Thank you so much, Dr. Jay Martin. Thank you, Dean. And Trish Hughes, as I just mentioned, really applaud your leadership on so many issues, including this one, skin cancer. Thanks for being with us. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Dean. Wonderful people, wonderful leadership, such an important message during Skin Cancer Awareness Month. Again, thank you, Trish Hughes, Dr. Jay Martin, and Rob King. We've got one more visitor as we meet another member of our 30 Under 30 class, Alani Fernandez, after this message. 
Does it feel like all you're doing to manage your team, club, or league is busy work? If so, League Apps can help you get back to doing what you love, delivering a powerful yet simple youth sports management platform from robust registration and payment tools to automated communications and other software integrations. League Apps saves you time and headaches. Less busy work, more time doing what you love. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Lee Gaps. Time to meet another fantastic member of our 30 under 30 class. This time it's Aulani Fernandez. It's spelled A-U-L-A-N-I, but she'll tell you that she has got Hawaiian in her blood and will explain the pronunciation. And she right now is a coach at Valpo after a great career at Cal State East Bay. And we welcome her in now, Aulani Fernandez. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, let's get right into that Hawaii connection. And so talk about, uh, you know, where you grew up. I know you said maybe you didn't grow up in Hawaii, but obviously your family's Hawaiian. Tell us where you grew up, where you played youth soccer, and how you ended up at Cal State East Bay. All right. Well, I grew up in um, Brentwood, California, which is about, I would say, maybe an hour and 15 outside of San Francisco. So in that East Bay area. My parents were born and raised in Hawaii. My mom's family is actually from the big island of Hawaii. And like you said, we do have Hawaiian blood. So like my full name is Sean Bayalwani Fernandez. Bayalwani means I'm the highest messenger to the chief. And so my mom also has a massively long Hawaiian name. Hers is Hanakei Alamaili. My brother has a really long Hawaiian name and so does my little sister. So all meaning different things, but yeah, we're really in touch with our Hawaiian heritage and that's how I've grown up. I played youth soccer at a really small club called uh, IX East Bay. My coach for most of the time there was Matt Oliveri. He was wonderful. And then I ended up going to high school, playing at Heritage High School out in Brentwood, which was wonderful. And then my senior year came around and my dad came home one day and was like, hey, like you're going to go to a California State University East Bay camp. And there's a connection there because my dad actually played college football at the time. It was called California State University Hayward. So he was super excited for this. I was like, okay. And I, again, I never didn't know what this recruiting process was or even camps in general. So I went and it was an experience. I, I really loved it. It was really great to get to know the head coach and the assistant at the time. Head coach was Amy Durace and the assistant was um, Lawton. At the end of the camp, they asked to pull me, they pulled me aside and they asked, hey, like, would you like a roster spot? And there it was, my entire life changed. And I spent my four years playing college soccer at Cal State East Bay. And with that came um, a coaching change my senior year with Robin Hart coming in as the new head coach. And that in itself, again, another whirlwind changed my entire life because I like to give her a lot of credit for bringing me into this profession along with uh, her assistant, Mary Whistler at the time. So I spent my four years there and I had the most wonderful time of my life. I actually had to take a fifth year of classes. Right after I finished my spring season of like senior year, I helped out a little bit playing games and stuff. Robin came up to me and was like, hey, do you want to be a an assistant here and I was like what <laughs> are you sure like and she's like yeah and, and so then she brought me on and that's when the entire whole mentorship thing came uh, to fruition with her and that's where I started my college coaching career right when I was done in the fall of my senior year Mary Whistler brought me out to a smaller club in Livermore called Livermore Fusion 
I was probably like 30 minutes outside of Hayward. And that's where I started my club coaching career and absolutely fell in love with it. So I was doing club and college at the same time. And after being at Livermore for two years, I made the transition to Mustang Soccer Club out in Danville. Then after about two, two years with East Bay, being their assistant, I went and transitioned over to being the assistant at California State University Stanislaus. So I went to another school in our conference, which was bittersweet, of course. Um, and we ended up playing each other three times this last fall, which <laughs> you can only imagine what those emotions were like. And it was a wonderful experience working under Gabe Bolton as well. My fiance is actually Mary Whistler. And so she got the Purdue Northwest head job out here in Indiana. And so, of course, I came with her. And I had the wonderful opportunity to talk to Coach John Maravich at Valpo. And now I'm an assistant at Valparaiso University. So just making some moves and exciting stuff. But it's a little bit about my journey through coaching and my youth days and my college soccer days. So What a great journey. And just so I know geographically, you're at Valpo, your fiance, how far away is she? She's in Hammond, Indiana, so she's only about 40 minutes from Valparaiso. That makes it uh, ideal. And with all that time in California, how are you enjoying Indiana? It's definitely different. The lifestyle is different, but I actually really enjoy it. It's not so like you're on the go, go, go. Uh, it's a little bit more laid back. People are super friendly, not that they weren't in California, but the whole like little chit chatter that goes on in the grocery store. It's just, I really like it. It fits my personality. I'm pretty I'm a chatterbox too, so <laughs> I love that piece, but I do miss the sun, that's for sure. They say I came during kind of like the worst time of the year, so that brings a ton of hope for me, like hopefully it, come, it becomes a little bit sunnier. But yeah, no, I, I've enjoyed the transition. Um, I'm in really great environments. Um, I'm also a coaching club out here in my community at NWI Lions, uh, so Northwest Indiana Lions. A smaller club, but really excited about that too, to get involved in my community. Um, but continue on um, to what I'm super passionate about in college soccer. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking this is your first step to D1 coaching, right? Because the other two were, what, what levels were the other two where you went to, went to college? I played division two soccer and then coached division two at East Bay and at Stanislaus. And you are correct. Yes, this is my jump into the division one realm. Um, and I'm having a really good time with it, honestly, working with the staff we have at Valpo. It's been a, a great transition. It's been great. Before we get to how you came across United Soccer Coaches in this 30 under 30 class, I am going to ask you to back up the bus and slow down a little bit on the Hawaiian connection because <laughs> I really do love those long names and I love what they mean. So if you could start with you again, say your full name, what it means, say your mom and your brother, you know, your family. I, I find that fascinating if you don't mind doing that. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. So my full name again is Sean Vejaolani Fernandez. Um, Vehealani means the highest messenger to the chief or God. Um, my brother's Hawaiian name is Makano Okeokua, um, which means a gift from God. My little sister's name is Hanamanamai Kalani, which means um, a miracle from heaven. I'm actually 14 years older than my sister, so she was like a little surprise baby. <laughs> so that's where that kind of name came from. Um, my mom's is Hanakealamaiwi. And that means hardworking, sweet smelling skin. And it's true. She definitely is. She smells nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, awesome. Yeah. yeah. When you think about your family and, and obviously you, you said your dad played football. So that he must like the fact that you're still involved in sports and coaching and helping mold young minds. 
Absolutely. Um, my dad was actually a, the football coach at my high school. So a little bit of coaching runs in the family. Um, and yeah, I know he calls me every day, every day to talk about to talk about coaching. And if I don't answer, the voicemail starts with, hey, coach, <laughs> what's <laughs> up? <laughs> so no, he definitely loves it. And I just couldn't, I wouldn't be here without them, honestly, and all their support and all their love. And with that, like our Hawaiian culture is so, we live by aloha, which is just love um, and inclusivity. And that's exactly like how I would like my environments to be um, no matter where I'm at. So whether I'm creating it within club, or helping create it at the college level, that's definitely like the backbone to to my like foundation of coaching. So well, I think that works well with United Soccer coaches. I've never found a more inclusive group as they open their arms up to everybody. You know, they've done an incredible job with their black soccer coaches, women's soccer coaches, LGBTQ plus and allies as well. So that's got to make you feel pretty good about being a part of this association, let alone the 30 under 30 class. Yeah, the first time I heard of United Soccer Coaches um, was actually through Robin Hart because um, she's a she's a mentor through this 30 under 30 program, actually. She texted me one day and was like, uh, apply for the 30 under 30 class this year. I said, are you sure? Like, are I don't think I'm ready. Give me some time. I've got some time. I was only 24. So I was just like, I, I got some years to do this, Robin. And she's like, no, do it. And so, like I said, I credit a lot of the, a lot of my journey to her because she's just been so um, confident in my abilities and she's helped me find my, my confidence as well. And she just raved and Mary too. Mary was a part of the 30 under 30 class as well a few years ago. So I was just surrounded by like strong, empowering women who were a part of this wonderful opportunity through the United Soccer Coaches and they pushed me to do it too. I'm so happy they did because like you said, it's so inclusive. They're so supportive. It's a great environment to be in. And actually this last convention was my first convention. It was so fun to like feel that. You just feel it when you're there and and this, the class too, my class, of course, is, is so great. We chat, we chat often in the group. So it's been very fun. I was in Kansas City. I uh, Hopefully you went to the awards banquet that night where we recognized you up on the stage and you got to see us up there co-hosting it with, you know, Dr. Ray Sieplik and, and myself. Hopefully that was part of your night. But I can kind of picture you in just this short time kind of being somebody that people were drawn to because you said you like to chit chat and have energy and stuff. Please tell me that's how you were with this entire group. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I was just like, so where are you from? What for you here? Right? Like, <laughs> no, I love it. I love, I love getting to know people. And this is just an incredible opportunity to, to get to know people around the country, which is, which was so cool. Cause I've never experienced anything like that. Definitely a chatterbox. Definitely the one that's like, what are we doing? Like, let's go do something. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm that person for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, this will be a little bit tougher because you've already had an amazing career at such a young age, but I do like to ask about memories and mentors. We'll start with memories and hopefully one will come to mind. I usually like to ask your favorite memory as a soccer player and your favorite memory so far as a soccer coach. Can you pick out a couple for us? One of my favorite memories as a soccer player, and it might not be like a normal quote unquote one, is watching. So when I was playing when I was, when my first three years at East Bay, um, we just like to be very blind because that's what I am. We weren't very good, um, but I watched Robin Hart come in and just completely change a culture and change a program. And for me as a player, like I, of course, got, of course, got on very well with Robin and her coaching style and all that stuff, but it was, it was eye-opening to see how it takes a village, but how one person can come in and just, and give you everything that you need 
when you didn't even know that you needed it. It was an incredible experience as a player, like I said, to just watch an entire program flip and then to come on kind of like as it's flipping as a coach was even cooler because then I became a part of like helping flip that um, and continue to flip it. And they were actually just conference champions this last fall. So if you could imagine like the last four years, three years, four years of like being a part of that team, helping flip the culture as a player, and then coming on to a staff that's in the works of flipping it and then seeing, and of course I wasn't there this last fall, but seeing the success that developed after a few years, like it was incredible. And so that was probably one of my favorite memories as a player to, to kind of see. And then it just piggybacks into a, being one of a very cool um, memory as a coach, seeing it come, like I said, into fruition. Coaching Stanislaus and making it to the first round of our conference tournament was eye-opening and very cool too. Um, a neat experience. Um, within club though, I wouldn't pinpoint a specific memory, but um, I had a wonderful experience at Mustang with my two teams. And like every day I went to training, if I felt like I was even having a, a low day, um, I always came out of it so much better. And I credit those kids to how hard, like they wanted to work, their personalities, how, how loving they were to not only me, but to each other, um, because that's kind of that's an environment that, that takes a minute to build, but once it's there, it's wonderful. Yeah, I actually like the uh, first memory you picked that tied into both playing and coaching, so that was actually really well done. If you've listened to any of these other interviews with the 30 under 30, one of my key questions is that crystal ball question, and sometimes people know exactly where they want to be in 15 years. Sometimes it's still just part of the journey, so I ask you, have you thought about what you want to be doing in 10 to 15 years from now? Yes. Do you want to be a head coach? Kelly Lawrence, who's at Penn State right now, she's an assistant at Penn State. She's my mentor um, through this program, but she'll be my mentor forever. I'm already claiming it, manifesting it. She gave me the best advice that I just live by every day now, because like you said, I, I am pretty young and I've started, it's been an incredible journey so far. And so I just feel like sometimes, especially within my generation, societies, society states, like you have to, you have to get to the top as fast as you can. That's what it is. Kelly Lawrence told me one day, she goes, hey, like, you're so young. You're going to be in this profession for the next 30 to 40 years. Just take your time. And so, like, to me, just those words, I, like, took a step back and I let my shoulders, like, drop a little bit. And I said, you're right. Like, you're so right. And I just now, like, ever since then, have just been enjoying this journey. But also, like I said, I have goals to be a head coach one day. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. But I'm not going to rush it. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to continue to learn from those around me and enjoy the journey along the way. So I will tell you that just two weeks ago, I was at Penn State calling a different sport for the Big Ten Network, popped in on the men's practice. And then they said, hey, the women are practicing. I went over and saw Erica and Ann and all those great players for Penn State. And then next thing you know, Kelly walks over and is like, Dean. And I called her games when she was a star defender at Indiana. I mean, she stood out. She caught my attention. We became good friends. I followed her career and now she's at Penn state where her fiance is as well. And of course you've got your fiance. I forgot to ask her when she's getting married. When are you getting married? Have you set a date yet? Yeah. January 14th, 2023. All right. Awesome. Congratulations. And the fact that you have realized that Kelly is one of the all time great people says a lot about who you are because she truly is. So I absolutely adore that story for sure. 
Last question for you, as you think about what it's meant now to be a member of the 30 under 30, when you hear these three words, just tell me what it means to you, particularly in your development as an excellent young coach. And those three words are United Soccer Coaches. Inclusive, supportive, like always there. So many resources, education, 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 education. It's so amazing. Like even through the emails again, I look at all the emails when it comes to like training. I get so many different ideas. It's wonderful. The second biggest piece, like I said, is inclusivity. And I hope that that's starting to become like a pattern with me is like, I'm just very inclusive. Like I said, I'm that person. I was like, what are we doing everyone? Like, let's go do something. So um, that's exactly what the United Soccer Coaches is meant to me. Um, it'll always play a big, big part in my career going forward as well. And I couldn't thank them enough for providing me this opportunity to get to know myself even more, um, not only as a coach, but as a person um, and getting to know mentors and people around me um, that essentially we're going to climb this and go through this journey together. Alani Fernandez now on the Valpo women's soccer staff. That is awesome. D1 in Indiana and a great member of our 30 under 30 class. Tremendous energy. Love the Hawaiian names and what they mean as well. Alani, great to get to know you. Thanks for being on this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Alani. And of course, I want to thank Patricia Hughes, Dr. Jay Martin, and Rob King for talking about skin cancer. It is Skin Cancer Awareness Month. So make sure you go to skincancer.org. And as Trish Hughes said, just Google skin cancer so you are well aware of everything associated with skin cancer. It's an important topic as we're out there out in the sun. All right, we are rocking and rolling. Next week, we'll talk API Heritage Month. The following week, we'll talk about Mental Health Awareness Month as we cover it all here. Inclusive indeed. I want to thank the great people at United Soccer Coaches, especially Bailey Conklin, Brandon Milburn, and Erica Dyer. I want to thank my producer, Colin Thrash, and I want to thank all of you. I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Lee Gaps. Thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. To learn more about League Apps, find them at leagueapps.com or as League Apps on all of the social networks. And to learn more about United Soccer Coaches, visit us at unitedsoccercoaches.org.